Ahoy everybody! Thank you for tuning in to Airborne Entrepreneur. Hello, hello. I'm very, very excited today. Today I have a very special guest with me. I didn't just invite him because of his experience in business and leadership. I also invited him because of his endless kindness and willingness to help others because of our relationship and his impact on my coaching journey. I would now like to welcome my coach and dear friend, the winner of the ICG Leadership Coach of the Year Awards in 2021 and a few times nominee of the of the Leadership and Business Coach of the Year, PK Sevi. Welcome. Well, thank you. Um, great to be here. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for acknowledging uh, what we, what I think you and I have been able to achieve in um, the last 12 months. Uh, yes. Um, there's lots going on in the leadership space, which I'd like to, to get on with you. So uh, if I can, just for those who don't know me, my name is PK Savvy. I I run a little business called Infinite uh, Success International. A, a main focus has been teaching a set of thinking skills uh, around um, a model that was made successful by one of my mentors, one of yours too, I know, um, uh, Remy Pearson, called the Critical Alignment Model, a model in which um, is a resource for, for transformation of thinking, transformation of action, and it's very applicable uh, to, I, I say this, it, you could use the critical alignment model to help you tie your shoelaces or to help you run Rio Tinto or the largest organization possible yeah. um, to running your family. Like it, it is a resource of thinking I in, helped industrialize it for our little business for teaching it as a business practice, to teach it as a, as a way in which to develop culture. So I think culture is the, the real big missing piece for most uh, corporate Australia and to teach it as a leadership model. And the, I've, I've been doing that since 2017 when I decided that my path was going to take me along the road of coaching um, uh, and, and we have built a business both nationally and now we're beginning to work on an international presence with uh, some of my clients deciding they want to throw their hat in the ring and become exponents and advocates of what we do here in other parts of the world, being uh, United Kingdom and Singapore. So that's kind of exciting. And more on that as, as uh, time permits, only one of me. <laughs> <laughs> and and I have a team of eight, and, and we look after a variety of uh, clients and individuals. Um, more sp specifically, uh, I have been working in the leadership space. I, I've, uh, more and more, I, it is I'm getting called into this space, and more and more, I'm meeting people who have questions around their leadership. Uh, and, and, and if I can, I'll just kick into this, but um, the question of, I've been doing this for a while and I seem not to have my, my hand on the wheel like I used to. Um, and, and I thought, hmm, okay, 
I'm hearing this a lot. And, and it's probably because I only just got my hand back on the wheel of my business through the many iterations of it, you know, because my business was firstly me and then it was somebody else and then it was four people. Before I knew it, it was eight people. And uh, that requires some stuff in here to, to be happening to apply to, to day-to-day the mechanics and also the emotional part of being human and, and helping people find us a way to lead that. So there's uh, so some changes happen. So that, that's a little bit about uh, me. Um, and uh, you're right, I do help other coaches from time to time in a, in a kind of coaching and mentorship role as they're developing their journey as coaches in, in this frame. Uh, and leadership is a huge frame. It's a very, very huge frame. Yeah. And look, I, I think you're very modest. You're really nice. You don't say that much, but you're doing a lot. And and absolutely, I can see the help. And I can I talk to other coaches as well. And I know how massive impact you have on everyone's business. And I think that's important. That means, uh, yeah, grateful for that. Absolutely. I am. You know that. Please welcome. <laughs> but let's don't get emotional. We can <laughs> do our culture and leadership. <laughs> I know, I know we talk about that a lot, like, you know, leadership is changing, uh, culture is required, but yeah, I was, I was running the poll with questions. I said, look guys, like what you would like to hear or what you would like to have as an as article. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of questions coming back. Okay. How to create that great culture and what it is actually great culture. Maybe let's start with that. Like what, what actually is great culture? Okay. I've got a couple of ways I like to measure that. Uh, and when I'm sitting with clients for the first time, it's part of a diagnostic process that, that we put through, put our clients through, or before they become clients, we, we want to see if we can help. Yeah. Um, I live by that, pro, that, that quote that says that um, uh, diag- uh, diagnosis, sorry, um, without a diagnosis, any anything you recommend is malpractice. I just haven't got it for a second. Uh, yeah. yeah, diagnosis without yeah, yeah, without any kind of evaluation, I think is at least poor. So a couple of things. Um, if I'm talking to, to a group, so that there is a team and there's definitive leadership or this or not, as the case may be, one of the things I look for is, are we connected to an outcome or are we connected to the role? Um, how many? I'd like a dollar for every time in my life I've heard someone say, oh, we need a hand with this. Can someone help? And, and the response is, oh, that's not my job. That's not my role. Uh-uh. Very Stop usual. Yeah. Can you stay behind for 15 minutes and just give us a hand with this? Oh, no, mate. You don't pay me for the, you know, that kind of response. Tells me the culture ain't great. Yeah. Because I'm not connected to something bigger than me. And culture generally requires us to all consider that we're, we're part of something and our contribution to that something is pretty vital. Um, when I see the opposite, I can almost tell you the culture is pretty strong. When I see people saying, hey, do you need a hand with that? Because there's obviously Everybody's a gap talking. with a delivery, a gap with, a, uh, with, a, uh, with, a, with an outcome or a set of goals, particularly yeah. seen in sales teams. I've had a lot to do with uh, sales teams particularly sales teams and call centers because I, I came out of the tele- telecommunications background. Yeah. Uh, sorry. We <laughs> didn't mention that, sin- Richard. <laughs> my sins. I'm like, it all goes boo here now. Um, By the way. <laughs> <laughs> my sins, I, 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 I closely aligned with. 
outbound uh, acquisition sales of Telstra. And uh, it all metric driven, all result driven, yep. certain number of, you know, sales, how many clients have we brought back to Telstra, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I saw what a great culture could be from time to time when, when everyone just dives in to, to make that, that happen. Um, and I've seen what it's like when, when, you know, people leave bang on the, de- you know, closing time and they're, they're packing up as they're saying goodbye and, and turning off systems. <laughs> it's like, it's like school. As, yeah. it, as, it, as it hits the, as it hits five o'clock, you know, clear out and, yeah. and you have, you have a wasteland. Culture leaves clues a lot like success. One of them is that whatever it is we're trying to achieve is pretty important and it gets a really healthy, uh, vigorous effort for that to happen. Yeah. And, and I see people making a contribution. That's when a culture is, is significantly healthy. I would yeah. that made, another, that made... another language that, that perhaps I give you access to is organizational health, yeah. which comes out of the enterprise agility language, which suggests that when people are happy and connected to the mission, uh, they'll give it that little bit extra to make sure that things are moving along the way they should, you know. Yeah. So rather than uh, rather than that's not my job. Yeah. Whatever the result of the business is, that's our job, bro. That's everyone's job, no matter you know uh, yeah. where you are in the business. I, I like to see that as well from that perspective that uh, there are work, there are jobs or companies that people just just must go because they need income. That's they. That's all what they can see, and and or they can come and actually really care about that and care about other people. I yeah, always yeah. said because people are like, I don't, I can't be friend with everyone. I said it's not about friendship. Friendship. You don't need to be best friend with everyone in your team or a leadership team. Yeah. You just need to create rapport and trust and and respect. Yeah. And I think that's that's the major thing that is is kind of like misunderstanding when people yeah, say like, time. yeah, because we need to create relationship. What do you mean by that? <laughs> Big time. I yeah. agree. Um, I can give you a very, very good example. I've had um, an operation that we currently manage, and, uh, that we currently coach and look after. Um, there are two key, significant key players in the leadership group who don't get on. They're, they're just... They just can't, yeah. Start Not, fit, right? <laughs> Not fit. Right? And yeah. uh, for any other consideration, that would be a culture clash. And in days gone by, we would have just managed that use over your side of the country and your side of the country. Yeah. However, as part of their, their journey into creating a, a, a powerful culture, which is what they all signed on for, these two guys have had to find a way to connect. And uh, at first I said, I just don't think I could be friends with, you know, I don't think we can be friends. It's just, and, and, and my, my first question was, who asked you to be friends? We didn't ask you to be friends. We asked you to respect each other. Yeah. First and foremost, because you're both dynamic and powerful in what you do. Yeah. Uh, that's number one. Number two, that we learn to all trust each other, that we trust that even though we may not, we may not see the world eye to eye, you know, we, we're not all supporting the same footy team here. I get that. But if, if we can all see eye to eye, that the contribution you make is yeah. pretty important, then that's a step in the right direction. And that will help us build trust. And once we start to trust each other, it doesn't matter if we like each other, we're here to see the outcomes achieved, the, the outcomes that we, you know, we sign on to become part of. Yeah. And their journey has uh, 
been a real hallmark uh, because one of the things is, oh, I'm not sure we could ever get um, our business to be really fully functioning because these two key players just are about heads. And we found a way for them to have language with each other that that's, yeah. uh, it's really warm, to be honest. Now, that's taken time. I'm not going to say that happened overnight. It didn't. It's taken <laughs> many months. Yeah, right? I can but imagine, yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> many months. No, and, people, yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, it's been a significant switch because those two guys in particular yeah. must come together as part of the outcome of the business. For the business to go to the next step, yeah. to, to, to grow in its next step, these two guys must have a healed way of communicating. That's yeah. And, it's and, almost like a competition between two people and uh, because they are so strong. But probably that's another step, like to see actually the outcome, uh, our together outcome, you know, our, right. our aligned one vision that where we go. It's well, important. One of the things that people probably ask you is, well, what, what do you do in a case like that when you've got these two fiercely competitive uh, thinkers? Um, competition is great. I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I have no problem with competition. I think it's great. I, I'm not sure it's always great as a, um, method of ongoing external motivation as an intrinsic motivator. I'm not sure how powerful that is. So I've got a lot of question marks, right? So one of the things that we want to uh, help, you know, that situation is for them to understand they're not competing against each other. They're not. We're asking for them to cooperate with each other. Yeah. Right? so that their respective skills have the opportunity to deliver the results that are they're capable of, which is going to, in, in, and in turn, help the business move to the next step. Yeah, yeah. And there's lots of great value around this. And this is kind of the, the hidden piece of this. Um, can you imagine how stressful it might be to go, to go to a workplace five days a week, spend upwards of eight hours or more in, in a place where the sight of a certain someone just fills you full of dread or <laughs> anger or oh, that's ups, right that's nightmare yeah think, that's... yeah think about your stress levels um and and for the for the audience listening this is real important this, for me this performance is, yeah, yeah this because i was a performance coach long before leadership came along right yeah. um when we're harboring negative emotion that's measurable. I, I can numb. measure it completely. Yeah. It's completely measurable as much as is, uh, you know, a healthier, more, a more functional emotions. And think about what that's doing to you, right? Having to carry that in, in your, in your, I say, carry it in your gut, carry it in your core that, you know, have to work with a certain someone is debilitating, yeah. particularly when it's over what, and I'm going to use the inverted commas here, you know, personality clash. It's a misunderstanding. For the most part, that we we think differently, and you know, yeah, you, that's, that's how, exactly how what you said. Different. Yeah, that's you got exactly that. what you said. Yeah, we think right. we think differently. That's so just when the... we when we remove that, when we remove competition, where I've got to be, I've got to appear to be doing better than you, because you know maybe I think I'm better than you. When when we remove that, and we say, hey, you guys are in, you know, you're an incredible part of what we do. We can't do it without you. So let's remove that as a, as a combative space. And let's find a way in which your contribution, you can both appreciate 
what it is that you bring. And once, once we get that level of cooperation, the stress in each, in, in, in each character is reduced, right? And, and the impediments to performance that stress causes are also removed. Yep. Right? Because I, again, I say to you, if you've ever worked in a place where the sight of someone fills you full of dread, you know what it does to your performance. I know exactly. I, and I, I can go deeply yeah. into, into psyche, uh, sleep deprivation, you know. Everything, yeah. It's, of, performance is going down in, yeah, like from all kind of angles uh, because yeah. you are really, it's like you're hurting and you're still in that fight and flight mode because you, you try to be all the time awake and, and, and watch and be prepared all the time what is going to happen. And I'm on edge because this yeah. person is... is it's it's yeah. all the time working from resistance space and comparison space and, and basically that's just so unhealthy. Like from from perspective, what you, what you just said, basically from, from that perspective of like... <laughs> <laughs> explaining explaining simply words but because you said that you do a lot of diagnostic and i think this is absolutely great connections what we talk about because mm. you said diagnostic but basically because you don't need to tell people like you know this is your weakness this is your strengths but you do diagnostic you know exactly what those people are yeah. where they are at and it's not just personality trait it's thinking the way of they're doing things more, and what are their strengths more so thinking if i could yeah. say that um, I'm looking to discover uh, if if a client has if an individual calls to say, or I'd like to sit down with someone and see what 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 kind of you know how can you help them, and they say something like, "We feel the need to improve something." Usually, from a leader's point of view, it's an external something. The truth of that, to be perfectly <laughs> blunt. In 95% of the case, in my experience, it's that it's an internal thing. It's a thinking. Yeah. And it's usually got something to do with how problems have been solved in the past, how issues have been dealt with in the past. Now, whilst I like to think this is the 20, 21st century and we're, we're just chock a block full of knowledge and information and access to yeah. it, you know, just... Hit Google and find out just about, you know, I'd like to perform brain surgery today. Oh, Google, right? Stop. I have steps. I've got a few few staff members I'd like to try that on. That's all right. <laughs> take, take pro bono, that's okay. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Um, I'm looking to find out how they think about solving uh, the issues and why now are they calling for external cause yeah and um if you consider the again the critical alignment model i think uh it's worth a study for for anybody listening to this podcast the critical alignment model is a thinking Ab model. absolutely and yeah. it exposes it exposes the the four key components of of all results um the major outcome that I experience is most leaders see change as an actionable, measurable um, experience. So, so it's something that, they, that can be implemented straight away. It's an in, implementation thinking that if we do this, then this will happen. If I give this reward, I'll, I'll elicit that behavior. And that's just not true. 
uh, it works in part. I think it's part of a formula that you, that you uh, or we remove someone from an environment, sending a message about this is, you know, we won't tell if, if it's a cultural issue where you think the behavior's off, you, you move someone on. And, and that sends a message. Well, all you've done is created more uncertainty and you've given yourself more problem you had before, which was I'm unsure how to get more from my people. Um, and implementation strategies are limited. Great if you're trying to um, uh, get a sales team over the line for a result, a little, a little extra incentive of some sort is great. But often I feel that implementation-based thinking, which is all about let me move something, let me move a carrot of some sort, maybe a stick, but let me yeah. nine times ten. Let me try and move a carrot somewhere to get a better result. Um, I think it shocks a few people when I say that some of the more successful uh, outcomes that we've had, um, they've removed individual reward systems. People look at me like I've lost my mind. Like, <laughs> well, what we've done is we've created an even bigger reward if the whole team hits it. And, and people are like, yeah, but, but then that means like, Oh, my reward is at risk if 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 Freddie Snurks down the street doesn't do his part. Yeah, you better make sure Freddie Snurks does his part, right? Yeah, that, that to me is the is the outcome is is well, let's look after Freddie. All of us, let's get Fred across the line. We're all across the line. Hey, we win, I, and the reward is better. I think that's such a great. That's really important what you just say. It's it's really important and it's massive inside probably for a, a lot of people that are listening because. It was always individual. There was a lot of time individual reward. That was always how it was done. And and when you actually support a team reward, it's just automatically or basically you don't need to push anything, but automatically will actually make people to work together and towards the, the one goal because because they want to achieve that all. We have that actually in, in Red Bull. That's very interesting. It was ages ago. I worked for Red Bull 20 years ago. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm old. You don't and, look old enough to work before. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was 20 years ago. And, but it was interesting when I'm thinking about that, that company itself, like actually they had a lot of stuff like that, that I didn't notice as, you know, when I was 23, I didn't notice that, oh, this is it, this is a great thing to do. But when I'm going back and seeing those activities, we had actually amazing rewards as a team. Yes, and yes. I just now realized that like, it just clicked like, oh, that was actually really great practice. That's important. We've, we've helped uh, companies transform the way that their, their sales teams in particular operate. Um, and, I, and I think there's a bit of, um, if I can just give this. this, this yeah, yeah, sure. Just, just more, you don't need to little. Yeah. Culturally speaking, <laughs> if we were in say the United States, the, the thinking of the United States is a little bit different. The vibration, the energy, the, the, the format of that, where you could, uh, specifically headhunt someone who's incredibly gifted at what they do, whose singular result is very special and therefore the reward that that individual gets um, is measured and, and warranted in that way. And, and I'm not having any arguments about that. That's, that, that. I'm not arguing that point. What I'm saying is that culturally in a place like Australia, where, where I operate most, most of the time, um, teams bring the result. 
teams are required to, you know, groups yeah. of people doing their job, which when we throw the net around them and, and take a closer look, this is the team. And it's from the leader down to the guy cleaning the desk. You yeah. Know? Um, that's different. And, and what I will say is this, is we, we recruit, uh, manage, um, train all of our people with this kind of individualistic process. Uh, yet what we want them to do is pull the reins together. So we're telling them one thing and trying to reward them another, in another way. So it's a complete mismatch. Yeah. And think about all the, you know, I think about all the roles that I've had where it's been like, you do great and you'll, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, if you do the right thing by us and get us the result we're looking for, it'll yeah. raise money. Well, it, I don't know. <laughs> After a while, it's, it's you know, <laughs> what? you know what I mean? Like the, it, it, it's luster darkens. Um, you know, someone said, well, what kind of questions did you answer for yourself? I said, well, I, you know, I found out how many Bentleys you can drive one at a time, right? So, you know, how many Bentleys does it take? I don't know. I want to find out. But after you find out, it's pretty boring, right? So what are, the, the, the real thing is this. If you want to have a culture that performs, you need everybody to value what the mission is. One of the problems that we have in, in, in modern organizations is a lack of clarity and certainly a lack of value of what the mission is or what the vision is or what the purpose is of the business. And so, you know, if you're looking for the how-tos of how do you change culture, one of the first things is, well, what is the what are we here for? What's the purpose of this business? What is the mission we are on? Yeah. What's the vision we're trying to... We're, we're trying to achieve and is that clearly across all parts of the business regrettably my experience alex is that it's not it's not and and, and sometimes i've heard this a few times oh that's just some clever marketing someone wrote for us well great so so you're a blind business going hell for leather mac two with your hair on fire and you have no idea where you're going excellent excellent absolutely <laughs> Uh, and, and, and so culture is when we adopt not only the mission and the, and the vision of the vision for the business, but when we understand what values that will be uh, required to be experienced in our day-to-day. -day. So think of it this way. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I was, I was just going to say that that's the word probably I will just, just catch you on that a little bit because that's great what you said because it's day-to-day -day experience. Yeah. And it is not just having values on wall, on the wall because a lot of people have like, oh, I have my values on website. Yes, yeah. I have, you know, I have values. This is great. And I said, can you, yeah. can you remember them? And they can remember too. Yeah, right. From five or yeah. six. Yeah, right. And, and that's kind of experience with any kind of, if it's small business or bigger business, but you always kind of ask because you want to know like what are those amazing values. And, and that's the first step when you realize that people don't even know how they can leave them, how they can demonstrate yeah. values every day and create that culture that they want because values are out. They're gone. Right. Values on a website aren't doing you much good if what's yeah. going on in your business is not, is not reflecting that. And um, for, any, for anybody listening in that's, in that's in the consulting space, the funniest stories I can tell you um, about the beginning of my relationships is when I'll ask a group of, you know, 
when you're being interviewed for for the coaching role, it's never one on one. It's usually a panel. You know, it's usually you know, yeah, the, the various offsiders. And I always ask, how important is it to lead from values? Do you think? And and you'll get the oh, how important? But primo importance. It's, it's oh, important. and on and on. They go great. What are the top three uh, values here? And and <laughs> it's like oh my god. Which one was that? The answer is, you know, uh, integrity. You know, like the values are what drive our behaviour. And one of the things that we 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 are very big on, if if you want me to get into some of the mechanics about what I mean by that, is when we work with groups, when we work with organisations and leaders, we actually say, we actually ask them to start to recruit people from the values perspective, not just the ability perspective. Does their resume tell you something about what they value? Is there an alignment between you and them? And, and whilst the alignment might not always be the, the big thing, it is an important thing that you've got values alignment um, and that we recruit through uh, that we're looking for specific kinds of demonstration of these yeah. values in the, in the role and we make that yeah. really clear and that we're managing people according to that as well that that when we when we do reviews we're not just reviewing the numbers and the metrics but we're also reviewing the spirit of core demonstrating the values is that what's coming through and why is that important because when the chips are down and and, and the results are, are flagging everyone jumping on board to try and solve the problem from the same value set is going to bring enormous yeah. synergy, enormous synergy. Now, whilst it might not be, you know, the most perfect model in the world, I'm here to tell you that when people, when people decide that they belong to something bigger than themselves and is, is worth it, and that they've actually signed on to come and work in a place on the basis of, They've recognised the alignment. They've recognised that this is a group of people who, who are walking the same road I want to walk. The level of energy, which yeah. we call synergy, is intensely more potent, intensely more powerful. The ability to reach resolution faster, the ability to size and seize yeah. problems faster, the ability to imp implement new strategies and systems, way easier. We become way more flexible because we're united by our values and, and, and focusing on a particular mission and outcome. And, inst and, and installing that is what creates the kind of cultures that yeah. I think people want to work in. That's, been so, that's so true. Like, but I was thinking about, because we ran hiring sessions for the team uh, from perspective of not really watching like what are the skills. Uh, of course, we want to check the skills. That's awesome. But, but a human, yeah, human behavior and values, it was just so important. We had a guy at a session. It was five days of doing and, and testing them in different situations. Five days, it was actually really bad. We were really harsh. And I don't think that was fun for people. They were under the stress, you know, under the pressure, but you saw them how they work. And there were a guy, he was so good. Like he was so great in talking. He will be absolutely perfect with customers. Like you saw that, you know, energy. But from perspective of the team, he was coming to us, trying to make relationships and favoritism, and just really, really try to become that favorite guy. And it was very mm -hmm. strange behavior. And he started to talk about other person, what mistake they did to right. us as a, as a leadership team. And we were like, wow, 
like this is yeah. the this is not 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 teamwork uh, this is absolutely out of the value that we actually value the most and it was the team teamwork and collaboration and right wow like we saw this these behaviors and there were still people coming like no 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 he's great you know and you now you see it like that's not great you can't change that that that's that's his behavior like it will be taking us another three years probably to change his behavior and and you don't like it's really hard i guess i don't know how you see that from that perspective if you have let's say in the team you have that one person that you know they just not right fit and right. and they're really really poisoning other people that means you have 24 people i'm in the situation now like it's 24 people there's one person nobody wants to work with her Nobody wants to join that team uh, and help her. That means he's kind mm -hmm. of getting lonely. And yeah, everybody's kind of getting like, oh, I'm just going to leave. I just really don't like this. It's a lot of drama and, and talking about people's, uh, we shouldn't talk about, you know, people's behaviors and talking behind their back. It's really bad. Like right. from, from my perspective, I know what I will do, but I would like to ask you because you're probably more, you know, experienced in that space. Did you have any situation like that? Absolutely. We took them outside and beat them to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, let's go with that. <laughs> they've been tough. What, expect the unexpected, right? Um, there have been plenty of times where there's been an objectionable uh, situation where, where one person just not the right fit. And... Uh, we have painstakingly um, gone to lots of efforts in, in, in the way we connect with those people. We run meetings, we run trainings and workshops around what is the value is expectation to be here. To be here requires you to adopt these values. Now, you're not always going to get a values overlap, but at least you, what you want is a respect of those values and therefore a mindfulness around around those. When you haven't got that and and you won't get that, if you've and and I say that most people get it when you when you say, hey, do you understand why things are the way they are for you? They're gonna tell you, well, you know, it's it, you know, it's everybody else's fault. Until you can help them see that do you realize that there's a set of values being pursued out out here, but you're not pursuing it. And because you're not pursuing them, you're kind of on your own. And because uh, one of the one of the values that we might have is um, uh, I don't know, it might be um, camaraderie. We, we we might we might value team to the point where it's like we almost see each other as as another family here, and you're being the objectionable cousin. And so it's about awareness and creating that awareness. Now, in time. That works if you if you persist and keep demonstrating and showing them ways because sometimes people want to play but they just don't know how, right? So I do this very simple exercise. If the value is persistence, and this particular person is known to being a bit lazy, and 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 I said, well, um, this was the result that you achieved in your you know particular effort. Tell me where you think persistence went wrong here. So we give them a chance to start embodying and personifying yeah. the value. And do you think do you think persistence or perseverance, whatever the, the value is, was present 
in this exercise and this time frame with this whatever yeah. three. And if it and if it isn't, what do you think could be the potential outcome if it was? So let me ask you a question. What do you think persistence would have done when met with this with these results? And do, do you feel that you gave persistence every chance to show up in your effort? Pretty much the truth is going to come out at some stage. Now, if all of that doesn't work, you may be looking at having to manage someone out of your, out of your operation that's really not a great fit. But I think that, that you become the value. If the value is persistence and someone's not showing, well, perseverance is the one I see a lot and someone's not trying very hard, then we, we become perseverance. And we, we demonstrated, hey, I really want you to see how important this value is. And I, and I wanna stick with it and stick with you, thank you all the way until you get how important this value is to our business. And what it'll do for you and transform you, yeah? Very important, when you start to see the difference, you become transformed by perseverance. We've had this plenty of times where, where you know, Oh no, he's not going to like any of this because you know, he doesn't work that hard. I said, okay, well, let's stop with that. <laughs> and let's see if hard work is our value, let's show him what that means or show her what that means. Yeah. So I think that the key here is to, is to when you're managing your crew, that you manage your crew and your teams through the values. Um, because otherwise, you know what it turns into? It turns into judgments. Like you're just not doing what we ask you to do. Yeah. And, like that. it's not about that yeah and if it's not about that if they're the wrong fit then you've got to help them move, move into a, somewhere that's better for them yeah and i i like when you say that from perspective of values is basically it has to come from leaders to understand the values and understand actually yeah. what does that even mean or looks like like how actually that can be demonstrated i guess maybe that's the that's the gap what i can see like sometimes even leadership team can't even like understand how to how best to demonstrate that yeah. actually hard work or demonstrate perseverance or anything like when you think about values actually they they don't have that maybe knowledge or maybe just never really ask themselves that, that questions and I see the questioning is really important. Firstly, it's incumbent on the whole team that they demonstrate that, but specifically, you're right. I think it's. It is the domain of leaders to walk the talk and, and to be the inspiration through um, how, you, how you behave. So you, you were saying before about, um, in, in the intro, let me give you a very, very, one of the values that we have here is generosity, right? Um, and I've lived long enough to understand the power of generosity. Didn't know it as a young man, but as an older man, well, sort of old. <laughs> looking good. Looking look good. At my baby face, right? Yeah. <laughs> but, but generosity, we live it. You know, there are times where um, we we do some pro bono work. We, we just have to. Uh, we feel it's the right thing that um, I work with other coaches, for example, pro bono, because they're already paying a lot of money to, to get the training, to get the knowledge. And if there's just one thing that I can help with, let me help you with that thing. Um, generosity creates uh, uh, an ocean of good feeling and goodwill. And goodwill is sometimes all you've got. <laughs> right? and, 
and can be the difference between something moving forward and not in your in your world. So generosity for us is a really powerful uh, thing. Um, and that's generosity of spirit, time, energy, money, commitment. Um, it's an all-encompassing thing. So we, we really try to live it here. Um, excellence is another value that we, we try and live, which again is one of those values that um, it, it provides an ocean of good feeling. And, and good feelings what we operate from, right? We all operate from, from our emotions. Every decision we make is made out of that, that lens. And so uh, excellence becomes a way in which every, every molecule of our existence is affected. And we try and be the best that we can be at whatever it is with, that we're doing. Even if we're a bit rubbish at it, you know, because that's how it starts. Anything worth doing is worth being rubbish at it to begin with, right? You know, because yeah. no one's ever stepped in the role of something new expertly. I've never seen it, you know, and I'm, I'm nearly six decades on this planet, right? And I, I've never seen anyone just start off great. We all rubbish at oh, something for a really? while. Really? You didn't? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, th I thought we can. <laughs> I, I realised not. Stuff, you know? And, and there's the, it's the journey of growth. And, <laughs> and that's what we focus our teams on, focus yeah. our teams on uh, what are we learning? How's and this impacting us? Great. How's excellence? What's excellent this teaching us? So, this is so important. Like this is this is so important what you just said because when, when I work with so for example for some I have solopreneur programs and when I work with people that work for themselves it's that's the first thing they're just so scared to be out there and try mm -hmm. and do it do the actually their work because it's new for them maybe it's new industry or maybe it's new product or, or new skill they need to build but it's interesting to see how like that's that's the main thing major thing they're like oh how, how you can do it like how you can do it this is scary you know yes yeah it's scary yeah yeah absolutely. <laughs> and I always compare because I had like five years ago when you will ask me to speak in front of the group I, I didn't do it for my 38 years of my life I will never do it never right in Slovak language, I will never do it. I just, I just stop, I pause and I, I had this potato in my neck and I just couldn't <laughs> say anything. And it was just because I had an experience that, you know, touched me probably when I was younger and I just kind of keep it with me. And it was a good excuse, you know, I didn't need to go there and be uncomfortable. And okay. I started to do it in English and I had this business partner who was telling me, you shouldn't do it. Australians are never going to listen to you. <laughs> it was putting right, me more, yeah. more down and I, yeah just you know just really feel it Alex really feel it and my workshops were like oh I shouldn't be saying that and it was like all these massive you know I was scared I, I was probably red in face I was probably shaking I, I I'm sure people just hear that all in my voice but I think that's the thing like when we can't grow when we don't try it when we don't do something right. Right. And it's yeah, definitely you can't build up excellence without not doing doing it, <laughs> without not trying it. Yeah, confidence is simply the matter is is the difference between the number of times you've done something and not done it. Yeah. yeah. So, the more times you do something, the better you know, the better you're going to be. Yeah. And or you can wait. <laughs> or you can wait. So much <laughs> I could I could go into that, that, <laughs> that. But starting is the key, right? Want to get good at something? Start. Yeah. And and let excellence guide you. Well, I'm not excellent at it. That's great. Right? <laughs> so we got a starting point. We got something to to contrast. Yeah. And I would like to just say with the generosity when you say that, 
Uh, I, and I know I experience your generosity all the time. You know, I know when we talk together, when you're helping me, it's it's just absolutely mind blowing. But I want to tell you, thank you. And probably other people can thank you because I spoke with one lady from big female organization. And I said, look, I don't mind. I will help for free. And she was like, why you would offer your time for like for free? And I was like, it's really good question. And I said, because someone else offered free time to me when I was in a really hardest probably point of my life and business and someone just did it for me and I know how how much I value that and how much help I got and how much I grew through that process I said I just want to do the same that means it's also not just giving you know it's also teaching people how awesome it is actually to be generous and and give something I'm grateful for that well you're so welcome and but I think you also highlighted a point that I think is really potent for anybody in leadership to get is that when you really start living the values, yeah. it's contagious. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It really is. Oh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Go you. Yes. It Go is. you. Yeah. But, um, I've, I've had, can I, can I give you a story to illustrate that? Ah, uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, to align itself with what you just said. And thank you. I, I, I take that on board. Thank you. Um, but uh, I have a client who, who runs one of the largest, um, uh, what do you call it? body corporate uh, companies in Queensland. And uh, when I first met him, I knew, wow, this is going to be an interesting journey. If he, if he and I find a, a place that we're, we've got overlap in our values, it would be worth just saying, I don't think we have anything in common, but I super respect you and what you've achieved. And if we can use that as a way of overlapping, I'd be, I'd be delighted to, to, to try and help. And, uh, he was known as being very no nonsense. Um, a dedic- as he described himself as a dedicated autocrat. Like it was almost like a medal that he should have, you know, you know, yeah. gold medal in, in, in autocracy. And I really relate to that because that's what I was like. I was like, it's my way or go. <laughs> you know, it was not, not even another way. It was my way or, <laughs> or don't do it. Go be somewhere else, right? Yeah. And uh, anywho, we, we, we just kind of entertained each other for a little while. There, there was no clear consensus that we wanted to work together, but we kind of enjoyed each other's company yeah. a wee bit. And so what we kept having with a series of meetings over a coffee um, where we just, just chatted as men. I think it was his way of trying to figure out if he could be vulnerable enough with somebody else that he could get coaching. And I saw, you know, because he, he, had, he had a very, very distinct, you know, really tough growth path in life. Like, just nothing came easy from his perspective and everything was a fight. Yeah. And that included his marriage, the way he raised his children, the way he ran the business. It was all war. It was all combat. It was all combative. And, uh, you know, so this guy had health issues. And this is, for me, the whole reason why I'm in in this space it's not about it's not like reading you know the five levels of leadership by 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 mr maxwell and going and, pr- and going to apply that although i think that would do you some good i think there's so much deeper stuff going on yeah that his method of leadership if i can get into this space with you for a few minutes his method what he saw his role as a leader was that basically through his journey of hard knocks he understood the pitfalls he understood um, what everybody else doesn't understand. 
and therefore um, he must save everyone from themselves and he's the only guy who can help and therefore this enormous level of pressure was built into every aspect of his life <laughs> yeah. yeah his financials his family his business life his yeah. how he ran the business and particularly combating his marriage like was just insane and this guy had an ulcer uh, he was on um, all kinds of medication um I think he was type one diabetic, approaching type two. Like, you know, for a sixty-year-old something man, he was in 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 rough shape, running a business that had uh, millions of dollars of revenue e each week, employed a bunch of people on many different levels, and he had made this business almost reliant upon his every word. Can you imagine how taxing that would have been? I already feel pressure. <laughs> right, right. Stop, feel good. Stop breathing. And, and, and so I said, let's elicit some values here. And uh, we, I, I got where he was coming from. I understood that he, he was protecting everything because this is how life had taught him. All the lessons from basically his childhood yeah. was you're not good enough unless you're li literally ripping it out of someone's, you know, that's be careful that's, or someone's going to come and take what you've got and so you've got to be yeah. on the defensive and you and life's cruel and it's all all, all these were the, the driving emotions and he he got that there was something in this and he said well what would you replace you know what kind of what kind of value do you think i should have and i said well it's up to you what do you think he says well what's one of your values and i said oh generosity well he almost had a heart attack when i said that word because <laughs> it was so foreign from his position yeah. like that it would be i could not take on generosity in all good conscience because if i took on generosity everyone would think i was weak in business and my my competition would move on me and, and like there's so kind of disaster yeah and i said well that's the very reason why we should pursue generosity as a value for you yeah and there was there was a bit of a fight, but remember, he wasn't my client just yet. We were we yeah, were yeah. lads having a coffee, checking each other out, and we enjoying each other's coffee. I said, if you're going to become a client, I'd almost insist that this is a road to 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 find a, a, a to find the kinds of values that are going to define the experience that you want to have, and it doesn't have to be all combat. But anyway, we got going. And there was a lot of coaching going on, a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching about transforming some of the things that he had experienced as, as a person that he had carried and amplified and made law. And when he realized, oh my God, I, I actually can have my own thinking here and, and that I was, just a, I was just a part of the conditioning that I was brought up with. When he realized just that part, things began to transform for him almost instantly. And this is the kind of work that I really want to do with leaders, Alex, is that he, I've been working with him now for a while. Uh, and and uh, it's, it's the loosest arrangement I've ever had. I don't normally have them this loose, just, I mean, he goes, I must owe you some money by now. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh, great. Send me the invoice, you know. And as soon as I said it, it's paid like, like that. So it's very loose. Normally it's not like that, I'm just going to say. But, <laughs> but we've, we've had some breakthroughs in that whilst he may not have taken on uh, 
generosity, what he's taken on is um, moderation. He's taken on moderation as a way for him to say, there's a need for me to lead, but there's also a need for me to support. And support was not a thing for him before. And I believe that's a balance that he struck. Now, let me explain some other stuff. Um, because he took some of that on, and this is kudos to himself, nothing that we've done, but because he's taken that on board, he has a much, a much softer language than he ever had before. And the, the man's 68, right? So for him to change some of these things is a big wow. deal. Yeah. Step, massive step, right? And not just, not just 68, a 68-year-old white, powerful, wealthy man, right? <laughs> Who can say, I am here because of all the things I used to, that I've been. Yeah. And for him to now say, fulfillment means more than, than that as a leader, massive breakthrough. Because leadership is not just about having all the systems in place, yep. right? It, it's, it's about living, living in a way consistent with a set of values that produce the result that make all the things that you want to see in your life, particularly around fulfillment and, and growth and enjoyment and, and some of those more positive values, a thing. Now, some of the guys in his operation thought, who, well, you know, I thought I was slipping in drugs or something. <laughs> like, was, what's going on? He's, his health's improved out of sight. Yeah. He, he's lost a lot of weight because part of what he was doing was um, uh, he was uh, medicating, self-medicating through alcohol and food and, and, and whatnot with the unhappiness that he felt that everything had to be such a fight. He now gets things don't have to be a fight because in moderation, or you know, you've got challenge and good times. They balance, they're a balancing act, which he's working on. And it's changed the complexion of that, that you know, people uh, people wouldn't do, like if you were late, you'd ring, you'd ring someone and say, please God, cover for me. I'm in the toilet, don't let him know I'm late. You know, like that's that's how it was. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and that's another, you know, fear is a, is a great litmus test of what your culture is. If it's a very yeah. fearful culture, it's not a great culture. And, and so that's kind of dissipated now. Um, and everyone had to be dressed a certain way. And he's relaxed all that, you know, the blokes had to wear tires. And, yeah. and here in summer in Queensland, that's probably not very practical. Not nice. Yeah. Right. Same here, like, 45 right. degrees. You don't want to do it. Yeah, right. So... He's had a big change. And, and I would like to say that it's because we've taken a holistic approach, a, a total humanity approach to how he leads, what he leads, what he calls important, and help him and stay with him, support him, because that's leadership, right? That's my form of leadership is to support you until you get it. You know, it's not, it's not good enough that... Um, Let's, let's do six sessions and see if you get it. If you don't get it, well, good luck. You know, that's, that's not what I signed up for anyway. And I think that's, that's massive because what you basically said at the end, becoming very, very at the beginning, it's actually on leader uh, because usually leader must change or not usually. I'm not saying, I'm not generalized, but leader is the one that when he shows, you know, vulnerability or generosity, that team also start to grow with that because that's what you did. You show me generosity and you show other people and I saw it and I admire that. That means I actually wanted to learn more of that. I wanted to be 
probably unconsciously like that you know it's coming actually something we just see behaviors and we love it and I think that's that's great great example of change and that means start with leaders sometimes you know where it's needed that trust for transformation I'm not saying always but I can see now when I when I like I have experience with a few few leaders and they are much younger you know they are in business probably 10 years not 50 or 40 years and they are already in that space like no, this is me. This is, you know, what I, what I achieve. I achieve a lot. Uh, and it's, it's like feeding the ego and not seeing other things that can happen. And that's exactly when I, when I can actually compare a few, few clients, I can see that there is actually generosity missing. Absolutely. Like there is not that giving attitude. There is not help. It's just all for me. Like, like I, I need to grow. I need to grow this business. I want to have more. I want to have more big clients. And it's just, pretty much not even thinking about I need to change even though the the team is great and, and there is some kind of freedom and nice you know environment but still there is not that the generosity in a leader that great quality of the leader and I think I saw a lot of people complaining and you know you can see that it's starting to be a little bit of mm-hmm. dog around and it's it's very much you see how ah, this is going to be probably creating bad culture in the future. Like you see that is something happening, even though a leader can't even see that through that, you know, egocentrism. And yes. this is for me, it's, uh, that's just massive conversation in general, like talking about that, like open, open your eyes and see actually we are conditioned. You know, we, we have something okay. from memories, from experience, from past, our beliefs, you know, that he believed that he will be, seeing as a weak person when he shows you know more generosity and and it's it's just limiting belief when you're going back to to filters you know and how we see the world and don't don't forget that that, yeah um those those values like you know um i think he said something to me like he said well you know never give a sucker an even break don't don't give someone a chance to get up and take what you've got that 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 level of uh, that comes from pain, right? So, yeah. um, if that is how you drive the ship, like the business, if that's what you're driving, you're driving that throughout everyone in your business. That's why I I could walk through that that company and then five five floors, and I could take a walk, and there'd be virtually no conversation going on. Yeah, there'd be convers- you know, there'd be people on the phone talking to clients, but there'd be no crossover conversations of yeah. any sort, unless it was a can you please explain what this means? <laughs> and and that's because everyone had been taught, don't give a sucker an even break in this game. What are you doing? Oh, right. <laughs> and um, and even getting an appointment to talk to him about about stuff, it's like, well, you should know. What am I paying you for? And 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 so it was all in that kind of lead. And of course, so nobody asked. and so can you imagine the very stressful kind of environment that was now now with generosity his doors always open he walks the floors he goes up and says g'day how you going you know when he first started doing it people thought there was something really wrong going on but as he's as he's transformed himself and i believe that every business it look to the leader first by the way that's one of my tenants yeah. Um, and but I guess one of the precursors I should have mentioned before that I didn't get to is that that values are the the emotions we want to consistently experience, rightly or wrongly. 
for whatever for whatever reason. Because sometimes you want to experience a, a value of protectionism, right? Protection, <laughs> or I'm going to build. Yeah, I, I want the value of privacy or security, and I'm keeping you at arm's length. Yeah. What I what I personally experienced is that when I let all that go, and it was bloody hard because I had only known life one way, and that was to you know protect and shield. That the second I opened up myself to, uh, firstly, oh geez, I don't know, what do you think, right? When I opened up myself to that that first place where I yeah. just wanted to connect with people, yeah. was that was kind of the first. I call them transitional values when I was trying to change things about myself and, and coach myself into a better space and get coaching on it. I just started to say, I'm not sure. I don't know. What do you reckon? Because it demonstrated that I wanted I wanted people's input. Yeah. And if, and if values that are well lived are contagious, all of a sudden we went from being this, you know, my immediate team. This is when I was you yeah, know, I know. managing other people, but. Um, my team culture changed and we started to be okay to ask questions. Whereas before I was an autocrat, yeah. did it my way, my way only. I know, I know everything. I know everything. Yeah, everything. I know it all. I know it all. And, and as soon as I opened myself to not knowing, here's a very fascinating thing. I unlocked the genius of my team. Yeah, that's. I right? discovered, <laughs> wow, you mean there are people who know more than I do to get this stuff done? Like that's incredible. Let's go. And, and it was, how awesome I was a bad leader because my, my field of view would have been so narrow. Like Peter is my client. Did I just say my client's name? Okay, sorry. We'll call him Peter because that's his name. But, uh, <laughs> but my view was so little as a leader, it was so narrow that I didn't possibly, couldn't possibly figure out that someone would know a better way to get around this or a way that we could apply in the moment that would work. Oh, it had to be all my way and, and therefore burdening me and my health. And if you met me, in those days, you know, I was a little bit like Peter. I was the, I was a victim of my nonsense. I was medicating through food and alcohol. It's was, like seeing only that job description. That's all. Right. That's yep. that's all what you see. Get it done. And I was re, I was reward I was rewarded and managed in the same vein. I was rewarded for being the guy who got it done. Yeah. And 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 I I think they pretty much knew that I was a one trick pony. It was like do it my way or else, right? You know, I think they knew that and they were okay with that because I think my leaders were probably a little bit what I call shy on talent, shy on other skills, shy on other beliefs. And it's not until I, was, I wanted to investigate leadership and, and, and certainly yeah. what the critical alignment model did was open my mind and open me up to, wow, it all starts with what we, what we believe, what we take on board, what values we want to live, and, and particularly around what beliefs. Yeah. You know, beliefs very important, and I wanted to create beliefs that were highly functional, and, and help and help my clients create beliefs that are highly functional because my beliefs aren't theirs, right? They're highly functional. That allowed them to move to to, to have this because values and beliefs should be contagious, and they sh they should be really functional. Yeah. And as soon as that starts to happen and we encourage people to start living the values, you're going to see transformation happen in your business, literally. Oh, I, and it looks like magic. It sounds like voodoo. It sounds like... Oh, oh it's, it's honestly, it is, I can relate into like everything what you say about values and uh, 
And there was by the way, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't use metrics, don't because they're 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 the guides of performance. That's another subject again. Of course, I'm being very sure in this for so that people can see that there is a methodology here. Yeah. Um, there are models of behaviour that we that that allow us to create circumstances, and leadership is just not do as I say. Is that it that can't possibly be yeah yeah well i i want to talk to you about a lot of things but what i will do probably because we don't be running out of the time i think the best well, yeah i'll just yeah i think we are, <laughs> we get a little bit over <laughs> but I, w- i was thinking what do you, what do you think we will continue a little bit because i think there is a culture a change and and process or something that we can talk a little bit more the transformation i think we can still go a little bit deeper if you will be willing to do it again sometimes later and yeah, we can yeah, continue yeah. the conversation yeah, yeah. yeah. That i think awesome. that i think that there is uh there's some stuff that's happening that's very prevalent because of how covid's affected us a little bit you know we all started working from home things start to change and and uh leadership styles change you know um there there's been some vacuum created by by that and i think that organizations as as i think we're starting to gear up dare i say it, almost post pandemic i don't want to not invest in australia <laughs> please don't, don't don't send me hate mail right but i think we're starting to gear up for a life where we have at least the the the, the virus under some kind of control and we, we're starting to plan to, differently and I, and I think there are some challenges that there are vacuums in in uh, in our thinking that we need to address um, and leaders are just suddenly becoming aware of it it's just like wow I've got guys who don't want to come back into the office because they've built a life around you know being at home and what yeah. that has meant and still been able to do all the deliverables yeah and don't want to come back into the office and that's creating some some grief because there are some companies that just said no no we want you back in the office yeah and people don't want to come and that's creating some so i think there's some thinking out in the market that's got to change a little bit and and, um yeah i'm seeing i'm starting now getting calls around yeah what do we do when this happens well okay it will be that will be yeah let's do it again this, this will be, I think this will be great conversation because there is a lot of things uh, people experience, you're right, and uh, there's a lot of changes. And I have I have a lot of people, like from perspective of, you know, letting people stay home, I, I think there's massive conversation about that all around because we have, a government is pushing us now in Western Australia, I'm probably sure that is different in Queensland, but we actually, they, they say in radios all the time, work from home if you can, just work from home. That means we are yeah, actually yeah. at that stage that probably even we will share something around the, the area of leadership, how to how to yeah, deal yeah. with that. It will be pre- pretty much topical in probably a few months time for Western Australia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that will be great to do that. And and every every state experiencing something different as like yeah. you know, in Queensland, I don't, I, I mean, we went months and months and months without a new case. And then we opened our borders and we went to the, 10,000 new infections a day yeah and that that had I was noticing all the drawback people like all of a sudden no one was breathing <laughs> yeah I know oh what's going yeah. on um and uh I, I believe that there's some there's some challenges afoot 
that we've been there, there are everywhere and there are challenges in everyday life because you can see that behavior and that's i think that's the major topic behavior how people feel and why they behave the way they behave right because right. there's a lot of fear around yeah anyway let's let's give us some some uh super cool thing at the end <laughs> before we pick up the uh, session do you yep. have any probably if you can leave us with uh with one you know advice or one maybe thing maybe question maybe something that we can think about uh and yeah something that you feel like that's that's something i want to mention that would be great um i think in in the discussion we've had and and, it, and it's been like you know such a, a a teeny piece of a fairly big discussion that um if leaders are unhappy with where they find themselves at today about their result about how it's happening then i really think it's important to do this thing called we inspect what we expect that we we have an in, an inspection of our expectations and what i mean by that is that we look at are we behaving consistent with having the kind of result we want to see is what you're feeling right now consistent with a gap that you might need to become conscious of it's just such a massive right? massive right. message right. right so my biggest thing about anybody yeah. who um and uh my, my biggest question my biggest thing i could share with you is that is that um you inspect what you expect and and let that take you somewhere and and to do that with some with some honesty uh you know none of us got all the right answers and don't kid yourself if you do yeah you, and 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 no one consultant or no one group or no one institution's got the right answer. We, we've got some insights that in this moment might be really helpful for you to have. Uh, but inspect what you expect. I think that's going to be the, the thing that helps you uh, get in touch with, wow, okay, I probably need some external help here. Uh, particularly if you're feeling uh, the thing that's been common probably in the last little while yeah. is people feeling like they've their hands have come off the steering wheel a little bit or the steering wheel slipped in their hands a little bit. Yeah. And that's probably got a lot to do with a whole bunch of new things, creating new feelings and situations that have not been allowed for. And, uh, and, and so it can't be fixed by an implementation strategy. It's got to be, it's got to be looked at from a, from a, from a mindset disposal where we, where yeah. we say, okay. I, I really want to have a company or a business that can that can handle wow. these things. And so how do I find a set of values that empower my people and, and maybe go into your group? And, and that kind of restructure can be really healthy yeah. and quite vigorous. It's like basically how to how to approach external changes with that internal approach to make it maybe sustainable and actually, you know, I guess profitable or successful. Because I think from, coming from that internal world that's when things are sustainable, when we really look at the change, how we react, how we behave, yeah, how yeah. we can. All, all sustainability happens. Yeah, in here. yeah. <laughs> it's sustainable in here. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Super agree, yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. This is, look, I, I would like to talk to you another few hours probably. It will be probably the best just to have like all day conversation about leadership and transformation. Sure. But uh, when people want to connect with you, where they can find you, how best they can connect with you. Um, 
Our website is www.infinitesuccessinternational.com. Um, we're not real good at keeping it up to date, but we're going to try uh, this year because uh, we, we're working our little heart out at the moment. But uh, uh, and of course, check me out on LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Uh, by all means, love to uh, love to help. Right. So, uh, it, I mean, you know, there's so much we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Um, and it would, you know, at any at any point, we could have just taken a deep dive in any one one yeah. point. So, uh, if this conversation has proved helpful to anybody, happy to uh, to do more. Thank you so much. Sure. Really, really appreciate your time, no and problem. I will definitely invite you again. And uh, yeah, thank you. Enjoy your week, and um, I can't wait for another conversation. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. I, I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure, as always. Yeah, right. as usual. <laughs> okay, bye. Take care now. Bye-bye.